millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Howdy doody. Well, I've never said that before. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host with the most hair, Yes, Andy Goldstein. And what a podcast we've got coming your way over the next seven hours, this one. <clears throat> or maybe slightly less. And it begins with Jose, I'm never happy, Mourinho. Yes, that is actually his middle name. A lot of people don't realise that. Um, and he knows what will happen with Christian Eriksen, but doesn't feel he should be the one to say it. There's a surprise. I know his future, but it's not for me to, to speak about it. I think it's just for him. In this moment, he's my player, and again, I repeat, we are not in conditions to to think that any one of the players that we have available, we don't count on on them. We are not many. We need every player, and uh, and that's it. In terms of players potentially coming in, and strikers, is that the most difficult position to get right in terms of bringing a player coming in, especially when you consider the the extra costs that are involved in that as well? I think this market in January is, is a strange market. Sometimes the opportunities are there and sometimes opportunities are not there. And sometimes clubs are ready to to sell, to loan. Other times clubs are not. And it's not an easy one. I think it's just the window of of opportunity. And sometimes the opportunity is there and sometimes, and sometimes it's not there. Time now to head over to Jim and Natalie's studio, a.k.a. the Mid-Morning Show. And Danny Murphy saying there's less pressure playing at a smaller club than a bigger club like Liverpool. That's a big surprise there. Uh, other Danny Murphy facts are, of course, that uh, night follows day and the water in the ocean that you see is actually extremely wet. And, of course, once you lose your hair, it will never grow back. Anyway, here's Danny Murphy. The reason you get more chance of playing for your country if you're playing for a bigger team is because by playing for a bigger team, you are proving week in, week out that you can play under bigger pressure. So playing for Fulham, for me, was more relaxed and and less pressure. I mean, I was at the latter stage of my career, so I was quite comfortable with myself anyway, which helped, than playing at Anfield every week. Now, if you could produce your best form when you're playing at Anfield or Old Trafford or the Etihad or the Emirates, as an England manager, you're thinking European Championships, World Cups. Biggest crowd ever watching at home. Every national paper writing about it. You're in a quarter-final of a World Cup or a European... Euro, Euro Championships semi-final at Wembley. Well, Rashford's all right, and he plays in front of 72,000 every week. Old Trafford. England has only been playing at Southampton. The thing is with the jump to England is that you're talking about the Euros coming up. Massive tournament, massive pressure, especially playing at home and stuff like that. He's only had one cap before. 
He's only just having this run of form and this confidence building season, if you like. If you're going to maybe think about Ings in terms of England, you, is, is Gareth going to take a risk? Because he'd have to play a couple of games before that, wouldn't he? And if Harry's injured, surely that those games would be more for Tammy Abraham or Rashford down the middle, which he's played before to work on that in case Harry isn't there. I'm not sure whatever he does from now to the end of the season, he's going to be able to push his way in. I think Gareth likes Tammy Abraham a lot. You know, he's got that ability to be a target man. He's great in the air. He's a different player to Danny Ings, obviously. Um, you've got Rashford who can play through the middle. And, and the other thing, if you are really going to say who is the ideal replacement of Kane, if Kane wasn't fit for the Euros, God forbid, who would you, would you have? I think most people, I'd go Vardy. So on the back of Danny Murphy saying that Danny Ings shouldn't be in the England squad, here's John Watson saying the complete opposite. For a player that had such bad luck earlier in his career, with injuries I'm thinking about now, yeah. um, to score 10 in 10 starts, which he has, uh, he's put himself, I think, in a leading position. He did get one cap under Roy Hodgson. Everyone's forgotten it. Came on as a sub against mm. Lithuania. But he's never added to that. No. I think under Gareth... If he's playing the way he is and without Harry Kane, sure, can, yeah, yeah. I, think he, I think he'll get in. Time now to check in with Big Al on the Alan Brazil Breakfast Show. And of course, alongside him was Scarlett's son, Jamie O'Hara, arguing about England strikers. O'Hara wants Vardy in Brazil, which is a bit weird because Alan Brazil retired years ago and he played for Scotland. Oh, hold on. Oh, and Brazil wants Greenwood, my mistake. I would take Vardy and Danny Ings. Now, what Vardy is, Vardy is more so retired. Vardy is a right. big call because he, he, he has retired from international football, but you, it, you would I don't do care. all that you he's can. Like, I'm to the get manager. Back. I'm <laughs> telling him no, he's coming. He's You're on minutes. the plane. It's a one last heyday mm. for England. Euro 2020. We're going to be at home. I'm getting goosebumps. Go We're on. We're at home. Wembley. 80,000, you're telling me Vardy's going to turn around and say no. It still hasn't got his five yet because you can't have Kane or Vardy. So who's your five? Go on, Jamie, give us your five. My five? Well, his Vardy's in. No, right? he's not in. He doesn't want to play for England again. He said no. Al would go with Mason Greenwood and Jamie would go with Jamie Vardy. I think we can still yeah, include Jamie Vardy, Vardy in the discussion. I can. I can do what I want. I'm the England manager. You're the oh England God, manager. I'll do what I want. I'll tell him. He's playing. Ridiculous. Stick shit in there. He might come back. He'd probably do a better job than Greenwood. Oh, that's oh. ridiculous. <laughs> Time now to head over to H&J or... Hawksbean Jacobs as we know and love them and one of the main reasons why their show has been so successful is because their audience from when they came on air what 45 years ago have stuck with them through thick and thin and the only negative side of that of course is a lot of them after listening to the show weekdays between one and four can't remember a thing about it so this is probably for you and anyone else that either forgot or hasn't heard Andy Brassel on the show talking about Bruno Fernandes and why he's got loads of qualities that would suit Manchester United He's got the whole tactical side of the game down and he can pass the ball. And he, he knows when to hold on to it. He knows when to, to give it. And that reading of the game, which you don't really associate with a sort of number eight charge into the box and score goals sort of player, I think makes him really interesting and that he has been able to flourish with Portugal and with sporting and European competition and in the big matches for a sporting side that aren't that good. He's a natural leader as well and clearly that's an area in which Manchester United really need to re mm. reinforce... Time now to hear from Ian Abrahams, a.k.a. The Moose, speaking with Nigel Pearson. There's a fight I'd love to see. Did I say that or was that in my mind? Anyway, uh, this is him talking with Nigel Pearson, being Nigel Pearson. All very bizarre, but this will make sense. Nigel, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by what you just said there. You're not a Go football on. fan. 
No, I'm not a football fan, I'm a football coach. You've misunderstand, you've got your punctuation wrong. I'm not, a f- I'm not a football fan, I'm a football coaching manager. But, I mean, when you go home at night and there's other games on, I mean, would you watch them or, or do you watch... Not if Murder, She Wrote's on, no. No, I, yeah, of course I do it, of course I watch some, but um, you misunderstood what I said. You're not obsessed by it? No, but you're misunderstanding okay. what I said. I'm not a football fan, I don't support a team. Yeah. I'm a football person, there's a difference, and so my job is to try and achieve what we set out to do on, a, on any given day, so it's a... Uh, um, you know, I'm not an active supporter of, of, a, of a football club. And I think you're, you, you, are, you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Time now to check in with the ginger fella with very loud shirts, Adrian Durham. And Darren Bent was alongside... They are having a big old debate on the simple question, who's better, Harry Kane or Sergio Aguero? You know what's funny about Aguero is that at the very, very start before his debut against, was it QPI came on and scored the, the goal, a debut goal? He scored against his very first goal. I remember speaking to someone who was at Manchester City at the time and I said, oh, what's Aguero like? What a signing? He said, oh my God, he's the worst trainer you've ever seen. As I was like, we're worried about him. I don't know how the game's going to go. And obviously, I think the first game he came off the bench, scored two or something. Yeah. And obviously the rest is history. But it was, I always remember that conversation. I won't tell you who the conversation was with. Ah. But, but that's what they said. They were like, no, oh my God, you just need to see him in training. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's got a tapping at the far post and. Uh, driver from the edge of the area. Yeah, that's right. They say all sorts of different finishes, and, and there's no doubt, nobody can uh, contest the actual fact that Pep Guardiola's improved his his game, his all-round game as well. But I do think people need to calm down. If people are suddenly saying he's the best the Premier League has ever seen, I think that... False. Yeah, I think that people just need to stay calm about that one because there's a lot of factors you've got to take into account, haven't you? Yeah, of course. You've got to look at, obviously, who they played for. You talk about... Importance goal, big games as well. I mean, finals and when they team, when your team really needed you. And as I said, there's a, there's a, there's strikers that score a lot of goals that will score goals like. And I'm not putting Aguero in this category, but you get strikers that score a lot of goals. And four and fives in the teams won five 0 and they scored the fourth and fifth. So it looks like they score a lot of goals. But people like Aguero, sometimes when the games are tight, it gets that first goal, the important one when the game are tight, and you need someone with maybe a little bit of magic to, to make break the break the deadlock. And, and for me, I, I like Aguero. He'd be up there in my estimations of my top five or not even top five list of big best strikers in the Premier League he would be up there but he wouldn't be at the very top like some people are trying to put him okay your top five strikers is foreign ones having played in the Premier yeah. League would you say he's above Kane in the list obviously Kane doesn't qualify for your top five so you're not giving anything away here but would you say Kane's above Aguero um, I think if they're both on top form both obviously if you talk about height of their performances when they're at their best I'd put Kane ahead of him yeah why is that I just think statistically he scored more goals. I think he scored more important goals, obviously. I think there was a stat apparently that there's only a few players that have scored 20 goals in a season more than once. And I think Kane's done it three or four times, which is incredible. I think Aguero's only ever done it once, which is scary considering how many goals he's got. So for me, I think if they're they're both on top, I'm going to go with Kane. 
Do you know what? I, I think you've made a great point there. The stat that I've, I've pulled out, and in terms of listening, you, you, we're judging strikers here, and you can look at all-round game, you can look at players they've played with as well. He's been playing with some utterly brilliant players yeah. all his time at Man City. If it's about the number of goals that he has scored, or the number of hat-tricks, he's got the record for that as well. He's been at Man City since 2011. There's a lot of strikers came into the Premier League and left after three or four seasons, but are still legends of the Premier League. Ruud van Nistelrooy is, course, is a great yeah. example. Wasn't here a long time, but wow, did he make a an impact and there's a debate as to whether he'd be in that mix we'll find out from your top five a little bit later on other players as well just weren't around as long and he's been there so long Sergio Aguero but in terms of scoring I'll go with 25 plus goals in a season he's only done that once I think people will find that hard to believe Premier League goals he's only done it once Sergio Aguero Kane did it three seasons running just think about that for a second Aguero's done it once Kane in a worse team did it three seasons running and was it three golden boots in a row as well? At Incredible. least two. Yeah. And you might as well throw in a, a World Cup golden boot while you're at it as well. And let's uh, and I'm not doing Aguero down. He's, he is, let me reiterate, absolute legend of Man City and the Premier League as well. But let me give you, if, if we're going back, back in time to the early years of the Premier League, Alan Shearer. Absolutely incredible record for three seasons running at Blackburn. He scored 31. This is Premier League only. 31, 34, 31. Scary. Next season at Newcastle, 25. It's just insane. Do you know what? But when you try and add up Alan Shearer, you look, you take into into account the big injuries that he had as well, because he missed some large seasons at times. If you add them all together, yeah. And for him to still score two hundred and sixty, it's scary. I think he had a hundred before he even left Blackburn, which is is scary (laughs) in Mm. itself. So, I mean, listen, Shearer's always got to come into the discussion. I know some people might not say, yeah, Shearer, I wouldn't put him above certain players, but as far as goal scoring wise, he's got to be the best we've ever seen as a goal scorer because he's up a hundred clear of anybody. Time now to head over to the press box with Danny Kelly and Simon Jordan. Not to be confused with Simon Jordan's final word with Danny Kelly. That show, of course, has Simon Jordan's name on the door. This one has just got the word press box with Danny Kelly and Simon Jordan. Anyway, Tony Evans was alongside. Have a listen to this. Well, Ollie McBurney, um, former um, Swansea player, went to the game at Cardiff. I mean, big, big game because I'm right in thinking that these two sides have never done, haven't done the double over each other for, I mean, generations. Um, and Swansea and Cardiff played out a nil-nil draw. Ollie was there with um, Joe Rodon, is that the boy's name? Another player who's been capped uh, for Wales um, and a friend of theirs who's a professional cage fighter. Um, they did, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, um, in his beanie hat and his beard, they did do a very good impression of Goldie-looking chain um, on the terraces. Um, people took exception um, when Ollie made what can only be described as um, the most male of gestures, shall we say, in the general direction of the opposition fans. I'll show you, Simon, there on radio. Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. and um, no yeah, there's a camera, yeah, but yeah. Um, they think yeah. I'm doing it to Simon, it's no problem. <laughs> um, what do we make? What do we I mean? It's a, it's a modern trope, isn't it? Um, pl- players turning up in the away end of their old clubs. We've seen one or two doing it. What did you make of it? Most people, when it, when it said the FA or poised to you know, t- take action, were laughing. Most football fans would probably yes. laugh. And he's not going to get. Well, he was wearing the most despicable jacket I've ever seen. So, I mean, so he should have been done for that. He should have, yeah, without a doubt. Well, this, this, this show does not approve of fashion policing, to, as you've probably noticed. <laughs> I, do like, I do like players being in, the, in with the supporters, though. I like that. Uh, Paul Dummett was doing it with Newcastle. He was um, yeah. on the road. I like it. Yeah, but Paul Dunn is a Newcastle player. 
Yeah. This fellow doesn't play for this no, team anymore. To, no, but yeah. he used to. But, I mean, the idea behind this game, there was a lot of press around this game because it was the game that they were using facial recognition for the police. Mm. There was a hell of a lot of press. Okay, and I didn't know that. a lot of stuff going around this yeah. game that created a profile. So that boy going there and making himself front and centre is stupid. Mm. He's stupid. He's a moron. But the fact is, there's been a lot of controversy around that game. They played earlier on in the season because Neil was the manager at Cardiff mm-hmm. then. There was a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of nonsense that goes on between Cardiff and Swansea. Exactly. In, no, that's in, true. In, in yes. the fans. They'd made the Cardiff fans and the Swansea fans have to travel in a certain way. You couldn't buy a game ticket They'd local. They'd been kettled, haven't they? Yeah. And then you've got facial recognition going on and all the stuff that was going on with the controversy with South Wales Police running that particular thing. So it was a high-profile game. So what's this twit who's a Premier League footballer yeah. doing that for? But he's all right to go to the game. You don't mind him. No, I don't mind him going to the game. That's right. fine. You but get... behave in a way that's conducive with being a professional footballer. You were supposed to be a professional footballer. Did you? You don't think you should laugh? At all? Just a little laugh. Are we allowed Look, to we are, laugh? We are, I know. I know what, exactly what you're saying. We are but... in the eye of a storm about football fans at this moment. Yeah, I know, I know. We're in the I eye of football fans saying things that are, are inappropriate, of a racist nature, of a homophobic mm. nature. They're storming on to, 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 to training grounds to try and confront players. They're, you know, going at chairman at football clubs like Ed Woodward. Oh, there now we to, get to it. We can't. Yeah. Listen, we, we don't get to it because football fans are the lifeblood of a football club and they're the heartbeat. They are the reasons why football clubs are not just soulless, vacuous places. Right? They give it the energy. Well, you're not going to get an argument from but me about that. But by the same token, there is a balance between what you can do and what you can't do. And you don't need a professional footballer standing on the terraces doing that and saying, that's all right, because... He won't like it if it's done to him when he's good. playing. I'm not saying it's a good so thing. So it just gets on my nerves. I, I think I, he should, I, I think I he should get a good kick up the jacksey. You're listening to TalkSport Daily. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle, and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Time now to head back to Jim White show alongside Natalie Sawyer. And it was Natalie Sawyer who was saying the former top flight sides in the championship. Not easy for me to say. Look, I'll say it really quick. Top flight sides. I oh, know it's quite easy, actually. Anyway, she was saying that top flight sides in the championship. See, I did it again. Use their reputation 
to overcharge away fans. Have a listen. Pin back your lug holes and have a listen to this. Following on from a conversation we had last week, Jim, where obviously we fell out over whether or not you're a true fan if you follow your team away from home. Danny, this was a conversation we had last week with Clinton Morrison. Both of them were telling me I'm not a true Brentford fan because I don't travel away and watch Mm. them as as regularly as I'd like to, but I was saying I have other commitments, so it's not that easy to do so. Following on from that... (laughs) Interesting point to, to, to raise. I'm with which, you, Nat, by the way. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate oh, please. That. I am. No, but, but cost. Groveling, you were doing so well. But, Jim, cost was a, a massive factor in, in some of this as well. A lot of people being put off going uh, away with their team because of cost, travel, accommodation, ticket prices. And seven championship clubs regularly now charge away fans more than £30 for the cheapest adult That's ticket, ridiculous. which is more, Danny, than the Premier League, <coughs> who agreed to cap their prices nearly four years ago. Now, re- research has shown that Ellen Road is the most expensive ground is to visit. Really? Yeah, they charge £39. And then you've got Fulham, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, Bristol City and Blackburn, who all charge more than Premier League sides for away fans. Now, I mentioned the Premier League price cap or well, this mm, was brought in, mm. in in 2016 on a yeah. three-year trial which is extended now for a further three years so it's, it's only good, yeah brilliant 30 pounds is is the t- top price for, for tickets in in the premier league it's a, a move that has also helped attendances in terms of away attendances as well obviously you can say broadcasting revenue helps the premier league size to cover their their ticket pricing yeah. shortfall and tv rights in the efl is much less so that means there is a greater reliance on match day revenue and so that will be why some clubs will justify their pricing structure. But as I mentioned, the discussions we had last week about whether or not if you're a true fan and you go to away games, yeah. the cost of away games sure. will be a massive factor. No, I take your point, Natalie. Especially when you're explaining it like that. I didn't know that. Can, can I just ask, Natalie, is there any correlation in that in that information regarding the, um, you know, the home fans and away fans tickets? Because I understand it a little bit more if, if, if it's an even keel. You know, so are Leeds fans paying thirty nine quid no, to get in? No, not necessarily. That's no. where it's wrong, isn't it? No, exactly. And, it's, it's and obviously, what you'll find is obviously you've got season tickets, so that makes it of slightly course, different. Of course, match day tickets may well be cheaper um, because there'll be special deals for home fans that away fans can't can't access. Obviously, um, it, it kind of made me think when you look at the clubs that are involved in these pricing structures as well. Some of these clubs are, are once were once in the Premier League. And you feel like they've still got that Premier League mentality. They're not thinking about the true fan anymore. They're still thinking, well, we were once in the Premier League, so we can charge away fans these astronomical prices. You mean as in the the fans will pay it because they're coming to a because big stadium to, and they uh, want a day out at uh, yes, Leeds, for example. Exactly. And yeah. I understand the lure of somewhere yeah. like Leeds. I've yeah. been to see Le- Brentford play at Leeds and I, I loved it. But yeah. Yeah. it's not right it's not that right. fans are being charged nearly £40 to what, watch what, their what, team. Can the, is it the EFL that would have to do something about it? Well, the problem is it would be have to be an EFL decision. And as I mentioned, because of broadcasting revenues, this will be a problem. The Premier League sides were able to come yeah, together and say, yeah. we make so much money out of the Premier yeah, League TV yeah. rights that we can afford to cap our ticket prices. Whereas in the EFL, that isn't the same. Nearly time for the end of the podcast. But I know what a lot of you are thinking. Hold on, Goldstein, it can't be the end because we've not had the best bits of the best show on national radio in the world. That, of course, is Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Well, don't worry. Don't bother writing in. Oh, hold on. Someone has written in. Don't bother writing in. Dear Andy, when are the best bits? Of the-, the now, the now. Chill out, everyone. Chill out.
You've got five stats from the weekend's football, I understand. Yep. Okay, let's start. Five. Nigel Pearson has won 11 of his last 15 Premier League games, making him the first English manager to win at least 11 times over a run of 15 games since Harry Redknapp in 2012. Do you know what? Do you know what I, I'm going to be... I didn't hear that. What were you Why doing? Why not? I was just... I know. It's what were you a, doing? What were you doing? I, I somehow... Tweeting, it's, innit? I somehow... It's amazing. I, my concentration was somewhere complete. I've got headphones on. And I missed about the first bit of that. I'm like, I ain't got a clue what he's talking about. Oh, you're, you, forever you'll no, miss go on, it. Go on, no, just, no, 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 no. Okay, Four. hold on. What did you Five. hear? No, what do you think it is? I heard some of that 15 games. And I looked at your face and you looked like you were really impressed. I'm like, go on, have, <laughs> have a guess what it is. You could, you From could what have come out heard. and said, someone has just eaten loads of, yeah. loads of frozen fish down the road. And he could have said anything. Yeah. And I would not. Have, what, have a guess what you think it is with the information you've got in your little head. Uh, do you know what? I haven't got a clue. Well, you'll never know. Yeah, All right, okay, fair enough. Someone, someone tweet me it. Tweet me what it could have been. Okay. Next one. Four. I better listen to this. Uh, Bournemouth have now lost 81 Premier League games since promotion for the 2015-16 season. Only Sunday's opponents, Watford, have been beaten more times in that time. That's 82. The Cherries have also conceded the most goals, 300, in the top flight since their first game back in August 2015. It's a lot. Are they going down? At the moment, they are. Yep. Should they get rid of him? If they're going to go down, should they get rid of him? It's a really tough one. Got a lot of injuries, Jay, and they? they do have a lot of injuries. Oh, no, sorry, Rufus, your job is only to talk stats. <laughs> no, they <laughs> not, not to <laughs> think no, they you're a 14 players injured. No, the reason the reason Rufus just chipped in is because Ruth and I were having this exact conversation uh, just you know, about an hour before you turned up. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no, just before yeah, you turned up. Nice. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, oh, not yet, okay, not fine. not yet. Okay. Next one. I was waiting too long. Three. Three. Phone just locked, so I'll unlock it. Oh, you're getting off your phone. Good yeah. one. Excellent stuff. Uh, uh, Liverpool have collected 104 points across their last 38 Premier League matches. That's 33 wins and five draws. A record total by any team across 38 match spell in the competition's history, overtaking 102 points stretches by Man City and Chelsea. I think, I think there you go. That, that game Don't just care. backs Next up one. what I was saying. Oh, look at you. Next one. Next one, quickly. <laughs> Um, Anything about Man United's 4 0 tonking them? Oh, there is one. Yeah, no, oh, there is okay, one. Okay, can... Man, uh, oh, yeah, Man United have kept two clean sheets in the last <laughs> <laughs> three Premier League games. There we go. Well done. There you go. As Press many the Press the button. As in the Press the button. Press the button. As many as there is in their previous 30 in the competition. So you're getting better. That's, that's good. You're getting better. Mate, as D Ream said, things can only get better. So this is not. Uh, are these in order, by the way? Uh, by the way. Not really. That was going to be my number one, but I think you just changed it. Oh. Last <laughs> Where are we now? Have we done two? I think we're at one. No, we're at one. One. Okay. Words <laughs> uh, need to come out your mouth. Forty percent of Danny Ings' Premier League goals have been scored this season. Fourteen out of thirty-five. Indeed, he is the highest scoring player. Indeed. For the... Yeah. <laughs> That's a word no one uses. He is the highest scoring player for the Saints in a single Premier League season since Jay Rodriguez six years ago. And it's. And it's Does it say six years there? No, it says 2013-14. Uh, okay, so you had to work that out, did you? Seventy years. Got to be on the plane, isn't he? Ferry, <laughs> train. Oh, no, I know. I don't mean put here. Ad living. There you go. Those were tonight's stats. Well done, Rufus. That's nearly it for another podcasty thing. But before I go, let me tell you about some big old football matches that are coming your way tonight. If you're listening on Tuesday, the 14th of January, 2020. Who cares about you? At 7 p.m., 
we have kickoff. It's an FA Cup special around the grounds. Mark Saggers, I'm working tonight. I just, he's so angry. Anyway, he takes you around the grounds to where the story is on a big night of FA Cup third round replays. Some real big games. Tramir against Watford. Mm. Uh, Tottenham against Middlesbrough. Uh, Newcastle against Rochdale. Anyway, they take you around the grounds when there's goals going in in, in certain matches. That's from 7pm on TalkSport. And of course, straight after that from 10, I'll be on air to take your very important phone calls on three massive games in the FA Cup. Well, that's it for another podcasting thing. Good work. Well done. Remember to subscribe to this if you've not already done so via Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, I'm being told that the download figures for this are quite good now. And if we reach our next milestone, they will be buying me a Sinclair C5. So fingers crossed. I've already got my battery charger ready. So uh, keep downloading it. Keep telling your friends. Acast, Apple Pods and Spotify. If you see some idiot with massive hair driving along the freeway, we don't have freeways, in an open top piece of junk, you know the downloads are doing well. Don't forget to join me tonight from 10pm for the Sports by Andy Goldstein's one for your calls on a big night of FA Cup football. In the meantime, have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.